Today on Not Sam Wrestling, the Royal Rumble provided us with one of the greatest angles of all time, and we get to sit here and break it all down. How lucky are we? This is Not Sam Wrestling. your host from New York, here is Sam Roberts. Oh my gosh. Back from San Antonio like I never left. Welcome to Not Sam Wrestling, a post-Royal Rumble Not Sam Wrestling. And it's so interesting because we all talked about what was happening at the Royal Rumble and what could happen. At the Royal Rumble, we speculated wildly. But all the speculation revolved around the mystery of the Royal Rumble matches. I don't think anybody fully expected to see what we saw play out the way we saw it. And we will get into it all. Today on Not Sam Wrestling, I had a tremendous time in San Antonio. And it was really cool. First of all... I did not realize what a great wrestling town San Antonio was. It wasn't just out-of-towners. A lot of locals all weekend long. I was there for four days. I got there on Thursday. I'm recording this on Sunday night, late, just as I've gotten home. I got to spend a lot of time with the San Antonioans. And everywhere I went, this was the conversation. The Royal Rumble, WWE. And 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 it, it, it's it's so cool to see a city get behind an event like this and it just be everywhere that you look, not just on billboards and taxi cabs and 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 merch stores, but in the in the conversation, in the zeitgeist. It was really, really cool. Uh, and it's also cool to see how big the Royal Rumble has gotten. It was like a I mean, it was a smaller version of WrestleMania and. It has never been as big as for me in my observation as it was this weekend. Uh, really cool to be able to be down there. By the way, speaking of WrestleMania, it is going to be a very big weekend. I'm going to have a big announcement coming within days. Should be this week, later this week, I will be announcing. Maybe we're going back to live podcasting. Maybe, you know, it used to be a tradition when SummerSlam was in New York. Summer Sam was coupled with it. And uh, a lot of people have a lot of great memories of those shows. WrestleMania being back in L.A. All I'm saying is, if you're a fan of this show, if you're a fan of the kind of content that I uh, produce, uh, if you're traveling to Los Angeles for WrestleMania, make sure that you're there Wednesday. That's all I'll say, and we can move on after that because we're here to talk about the weekend that was the Royal Rumble. Um, I got to participate uh, in a lot of different activities. Got to be a host on Busted Open, the amazing Dave LaGreca, as well as Tommy Dreamer and Thunder Rosa welcomed me with open arms to the Busted Open family, and it was such a blast. Uh, Friday morning, we went live for three hours uh, it's all in the SiriusXM app. You can also get it on the Busted Open podcast. Uh, and and not only did 
myself, Dave LaGreca, Tommy Dreamer, Thunder Rosa break down what we expected to happen or what we hoped would happen or what could happen, wildly speculated, at the Royal Rumble. But we also uh, interviewed a ton of people over the weekend uh, uh, as part of the Busted Open show. Dave, me, Tommy, we interviewed, uh, let's see, I mean, Sonia Deville, Liv Morgan, Charlotte Flair, Bianca Belair, Prison Dom Mysterio, who was the hit of all the media. Uh, Austin Theory was in there. It was a ton of stuff. And uh, as a bonus, all of those busted open interviews will be going up on the Not Sam Wrestling YouTube channel this week. The Charlotte Flair interview is already up there. And it's it's a very candid interview, very honest. It's just, uh, it's a it's a really great conversation that... I'm pretty proud of and happy that I got to do with Dave LaGreca. Uh, then on Saturday, uh, I got to be a part of the big 2K23 media event. Now, a lot of the information about the game, I'm not going to be able to tell you about until later this week. That's going to be another thing that I'll talk about on the podcast next week, but I'll also have uh, video content uh, going up later this week on the Not Sam Wrestling YouTube channel where I can tell you a lot more about the game. I was hands-on with it. And beyond that, I think I must reserve comment on everything that I experienced until later this week. But I was able to uh, uh, capture gameplay as well. Me and Hot Dog playing the game. So that'll that'll be part of the video that goes up later this week. Uh, and interviews with uh, Seth freaking Rollins, the giant Amos, Drew McIntyre. Uh, real quick shots with the New Day, including Big E, uh, Lashley, I believe. Uh, all of that stuff. Uh, will be going up throughout the week on the Not Sam Wrestling YouTube channel. So uh, make sure you're checking all that out. And huge, huge thanks to 2K23 and to, or 2K Games, I guess, and to SiriusXM and Busted Open uh, for, you know, uh, allowing me to be a part of, of how they were celebrating the Royal Rumble. But I think as wrestling fans, oh, and don't forget, WWE 2, uh, me and Ryan Papola, Jumped onto the Twitter spaces late night. If you want my initial, initial, initial reactions right after the Royal Rumble, immediately after the press conference, Ryan Papola and myself, uh, we jumped on and, uh, and, and talked about everything that we had seen. That link is still active. If you go through uh, WWE tweeted it out, I tweeted it out. You can find the Twitter spaces uh, that we did that followed uh, Royal Rumble. Because it really was eventful. Um, I, I I think at the end of the day, and you all you all know how strong I feel about this bloodline story, and how from the beginning I've said this is one of the most incredible, unique, well told stories in the history of the business. It's like nothing I've ever seen before. And after the angle that we saw that closed the Royal Rumble, this bloodline story is now in the all-time conversation. We all think that the greatest things of all time have already happened. We don't really think that we live in an era. We think about that stuff historically. We don't think that we live in an era where that can be part of the present, but it can be. 
And that's what we saw at the Rumble. When I think of, of the all-time stories, right? And I'm not just talking about rivalries. You know, like, like for instance, I think Austin versus McMahon is probably the greatest rivalry that the WWE has ever seen. But in terms of the greatest story, I wouldn't say it's the greatest story. Just that it got convoluted in a lot of spots. Like it had shining moments and not so shining moments. But the rivalry, the core of that story, the rivalry is to me what fueled the Attitude Era. So I would put that on the top of the mountain for rivalry. But when it comes to stories, for me, it's the mega powers, that year-long story that starts going into WrestleMania 4 and explodes at WrestleMania 5. That, that, that story is incredible. You could write a book. You could put it in, make a, a graphic novel. You could make a movie telling that story. The story of Kane and The Undertaker as brothers, the long-lost brother coming back, the whole thing that really extends for years and years and years. That is among the greatest stories ever told in WWE. The Hogan-Andre story is a great story. It's not, that, it's not quite as long and meaty as some of these stories, but in terms of stories, that's a great story. But, but I go Mega Powers, I go Kane and Undertaker, and I go Bloodline because it's all connected. It's been years now, and it's all connected. Look at what we saw at the Royal Rumble. What we saw at the Royal Rumble was so great from the bloodline because it left you desperately eager to find out what's going to happen next, but it also gave you a payoff. So often in storytelling, we're trying to keep people watching so much that we don't pay things off. And ultimately, when there's not a payoff, you can do as many cliffhangers as you want. People are going to lose interest. We got a one of the biggest payoffs to an angle that WWE has ever given to us. It starts, and, and, and what's so great about this is that you can look at it from multiple perspectives. So the story is that Kevin Owens and Roman Reigns are in there together, and, and Kevin Owens is a challenge. Roman Reigns is having trouble. The referee is knocked out. Kevin Owens gets a what would have been a pinfall victory. I mean, that's arguable. I've always thought that when people go for the cover, but there's no referee, and the audience can chant one, two, three, and you go, it would have been a pin. Maybe, but if Roman Reigns knows there's no referee, he's not going to kick out anyway. It's like when somebody taps out but the referee doesn't see it. If that person knew that the referee wasn't looking, they might just be tapping out so that their opponent takes the hold off. They might not actually be saying, hey, I would have been tapping out. But, I mean, just logically speaking, when you think about this from, from, a, from a, a place of logic, but Roman goes, Roman gets Kevin Owens down. He goes, okay, I'm going to need a chair. Sami Zayn hesitates. Roman is furious, but Sami Zayn hesitates. He's not sure if he wants Roman to hit his lifelong best friend with a chair, but he does pass the chair in. Roman is, regardless of the chair, able to hit a spear, and Roman Reigns beats Kevin Owens. Now, this is where it gets interesting. They, and when I say they, I mean the bloodline, the Usos, Solo, Roman. 
beat down Kevin Owens in a way that was not quite typical for what we see in WWE. It felt much more like a gang beating than it did a wrestling beating. It felt like they were teaching Kevin Owens a lesson for everybody that wants to step to the tribal chief. This is what you're going to get. Roman goes to hit, he handcuffs Kevin Owens to the ropes. Kevin Owens is helpless. He's already gotten this post-match beating. Roman goes to hit Kevin Owens with a, with a steel chair. Sammy steps in front of Roman and says, don't do it. Roman goes, what? And Roman is great here because he goes, I gave you everything. I gave you everything. All of this I, I, is because of me. You want to go back to doing your jackass bullshit, then go do that. But I gave you all this. You don't want to hit, you don't want me to hit Kevin? You, then you do it. You hit Kevin then. And Roman turns his back to Sammy and Sammy winds up and instead of hitting Kevin Owens, he lays out the tribal chief, Roman Reigns. Roman Reigns is down. Jey Uso is screaming at Sami Zayn. Why? Why would you do this? Why would you do that? I thought you were my friend. Jimmy Uso kicks Sami Zayn in the face, knocks him down. Solo Sokoa, Jimmy Uso beat him down. Roman Reigns starts wailing on him with a chair. Jey Uso leaves. And if you thought a, a, a gang-like beatdown of Kevin Owens was severe, you haven't seen anything until you've seen the beating that Sami Zayn took. Now, why did this happen and who's to blame? Let's get into these characters, okay? Let's look at it because the beauty of this is You've got three different perspectives and three different perspectives that are all going to have their own narrative and that are all going to have to be settled. We'll start with Sami Zayn. I think most of the people are looking at this through the eyes of Sami Zayn because Sami Zayn represents us in the sense that in this scenario, Sami Zayn is the good guy. Sami Zayn is the hero. The reaction that Sami Zayn got when he laid out Roman Reigns with that chair. I mean, it was like nothing. It's the Royal Rumble. It's a show built for reactions. There is a pop every 90 seconds for 30 sets of 90 seconds. Twice. 60 pops earlier just that night. And that was, I mean, it's the biggest pop in Royal Rumble history. Right? It's one of the biggest pops ever. People can't believe it. That's the payoff that I'm talking about. Hey guys, forgive the interruption, but I want to tell you about AG1 by Athletic Greens. It was the morning booster. I didn't even know I needed. it. All you have to do is scoop, shake, and have it alongside your morning coffee or OJ. It's like taking your shelf of multivitamins in one drink. Look, you don't realize how badly you need vitamins. You don't realize how bad the food that we're eating is. I think that so many of us get used to being depleted that we don't even realize that it's not normal. But when you when when you get what you need, what you're supposed to have as a human being, you start to feel like a superhero. I went so long without realizing that that my health sucked. That when I when I when I when I take the AG1 now, I just feel great. It's packed with over 75 vitamins and minerals for a major boost to your gut, your mood, your energy. 
even your skin, hair, and nails. It's the healthiest thing you can do in under a minute. If you're looking for an easier way to take supplements, Athletic Greens is giving you a free one-year supply of vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. Just go to athleticgreens.com slash notsam. That's athleticgreens.com slash notsam. Check it out. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. But people can't believe it and they're so happy. They're so happy that Sammy finally stood up for himself. They're chanting for Sammy. They're chanting F.U. Roman to close the show. And they're chanting F.U. to Roman. And they're not doing it in a way that, that we see these days in wrestling. They're not doing it in a way where they're chanting for the cool bad guy, where it's fun to chant for the cool bad guy, which is what people have been doing for Roman sometimes, right? We love Roman, but we'll boo him, but we love him. Roman got real heat. Roman got real heel booze. And Sammy got real baby face cheers. That's what made one of the things that makes this angle so incredible. We're going, we're not, we're not reinventing the wheel. We're just holding it up and we are rolling better than we've ever rolled before. Because it's the best goddamn wheel I've seen in 20 years. It's incredible. It's wrestling 101. Cheer for the good guy. What do we always say? Going back to not Sam wrestling, you know, the first year. Boo the bad guy. So from Sami Zayn's perspective, let's talk about the different perspectives that these characters have. From Sami Zayn's perspective, he's sitting there, right? And even though Kevin Owens and Roman Reigns are rivals, his friendship with Kevin Owens not only has it not been respected by Roman Reigns, but it's been a, a negative. It's been something that Roman Reigns has counted against Sami Zayn. Sami Zayn has spent months proving his loyalty to Roman Reigns. And when you are loyal to somebody and they expect you to keep proving it, there is very little that is more insulting. If you have a friend and they keep making you prove that you're really their friend, they can't just accept you and go, of course you're my friend. You're not gonna be their friend much longer. That's the situation that Sammy found himself in. And he's going like, all I'm doing is proving it to this guy. Even going back to the trial, when Solo Sokoa was ready to jam his thumb through the neck of Sami Zayn 
as Sammy's punishment. Sammy sat there ready to take it. He didn't fight Solo Sokoa because he was loyal to the bloodline. He threw the chair in. Roman asked for the chair. And yeah, he hesitated because it's a lot. It's traumatic. But he threw the chair in to Roman Reigns. And when Roman Reigns, when he, when he finally said enough is enough, he didn't stop Roman from beating Kevin. He didn't stop the, the, the bloodline from giving Kevin a beatdown. But when it got to a place where it was pure savagery, he stopped Roman and said, okay, like, haven't we made our point? And then Roman starts screaming at him. Do you want to go back to doing jackass shit? All the success that Sami Zayn had in the second half, second, I mean, honestly, the the last uh, uh, three quarters of 2022, Roman is now taking credit for it. He's not saying, I got you to a place where you could earn what you've gotten. He's saying, I gave it to you. Everything that you have, I gave to you. That discredits everything that Sami Zayn has done. That makes it so that Sammy did nothing and that Roman handed him everything. If he doesn't do what Roman says, he's got nothing. That discredits all of Sami Zayn's work. And in that moment, the fact that after all this, after everything that Sammy has done for Roman, that Roman is ready to just throw it all away after everything Sammy has done for Roman Roman's going to sit here and go if you don't do this you're it, it, nothing counts you're out you're gone and Sammy's like well then why do I keep breaking my back if it's not building me any credit if, it, if none of it has enough value that Roman just 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 trusts me it's not happening. And so Roman turns around and, and Sammy in this, in this moment that has been building week after week, month after month, where Roman has been mentally torturing this person who is an accomplished professional wrestler, multi-time champion in the WWE, multi-time champion outside of the WWE. And Roman is sitting there and, and, and for weeks now, months, Sammy has had to deal with people questioning his loyalty and saying, prove it, prove that you're loyal, prove that you're good enough. Well, enough is enough. Sammy hits Roman with one strike and immediately, immediately turns around to Jay. Because that's the bond that's really grown. Sammy worked so hard to prove to Jay that he was his friend. Immediately, all Sammy could think about when he laid out the tribal chief was that he had upset his friend. Because Sammy is a, a person who comes from the heart. That's the whole character. Sammy is a heartfelt character. And he turns to Jey Uso, I'm sorry. I had to do, I, I just, I can't keep doing this. I'm sorry. He's apologizing to Jay, apologizing to Jay. And as he's apologizing, 
he catches that boot from Jimmy. And that's when it was like, no, dude. There is, there's no way. You can't take out the leader of a gang in front of the rest of the gang. Now you're done for. And they put the boots to him and they beat him down and the tribal chief stands strong. Now let's look at this from Roman Reigns' perspective. On the other side of things, Roman Reigns is the Michael Jordan of WWE in the sense that the idea that you would call this guy a jerk when just through his performance, he has raised all boats. He's brought the tide higher than it's been in a long time. He's put food on the plates of everyone. And the idea that anyone would insult Roman, would question Roman, what have you done that would put you in a position where you should be questioning Roman Reigns? Can you simp can you justify the idea that you would know better than Roman Reigns? Because if you knew better than Roman, you would have done what Roman's done and continues to do. And this, this is the bane of Roman's existence. All he wants is loyalty. Roman has figured out how to do this. Roman is fully prepared to create great lives for everyone around him. All they have to do is not get in the way and do as he says so that he's in a position where they can all eat better. Anybody questioning Roman or not doing what he says, isn't it's not that it's just bad for Roman. It upsets the whole foundation of the group. So Roman sticks to his blood. Roman sticks to his family. These are the people that understand. And these are the people that I've helped the most. And these are the people that are most loyal to me. Along comes Sami Zayn. And Roman's cousin, who's like a brother to him, is saying he's not one of us. He's not one of us. Don't let this guy in. And Roman is going, let's give him a shot. Let's give him a shot. And Roman, who lives in this place that Paul Heyman has dubbed the island of relevancy, makes Sami Zayn more relevant than he has ever been. The hottest thing in the entire industry is the bloodline. And Roman allows Sami Zayn to be a part of it. And all Roman asks for is that Sammy does what's right for the team. Michael Jordan would go to the Chicago Bulls and he'd say, here's exactly what we need to do to win. And we will win that sixth champ, that fifth championship, that sixth championship. This is what we need to do. Follow what I say. And the idea that anybody on that court would question Jordan? It's crazy, it's insulting, it's disrespectful, and it's counterproductive to the goal of the entire team. Jordan doesn't have to justify why he's saying, do this. If he's saying it, clearly there's a reason, let's do that. That's who Roman Reigns is. So the idea that we get to this match and Sammy 
is even wondering because Kevin Owens has been a thorn in Roman Reigns' side. Kevin Owens could just back off. Roman Reigns is not hunting down Kevin Owens. Kevin Owens is attempting to hunt down Roman Reigns. So it's like, Sammy, I understand you don't want me beating up your friend. But tell your friend to stop putting his nose in our business then. If he's not, that's his decision. And I know that's your boy, but it's called the bloodline. If you want to be a part of our bloodline, that's where the, the line is. So we get to the match and Roman asks for a chair and already the fact that Sammy's hesitant at all to throw the chair in is like, what is this? Why do I have you out here? This isn't a, 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 a committee. I'm the one in the ring. I'm the one that's creating the legacy. I'm the one that's creating this record title reign that hasn't been done. And you're going to sit there and wonder, I don't know, should we really use a chair? That's not what you're here to do. You're here to stand near a chair. And when I say chair, you throw me two. So already it, it's, it's a nuisance. Now, Kevin Owens has been a thorn in Roman Reigns' side for weeks. Weeks. He interrupted, he came out of nowhere during the contract signing and pop-up power-bombed Roman Reigns through a table. You think that's going to go unanswered? We didn't answer that simply by winning a match. We have to teach a lesson. There is no reason why anybody in that locker room should think that they can ever come out and powerbomb Roman Reigns through a table when he's not looking. So how do we get that message across? We make Kevin Owens a different person when he leaves. We teach Kevin Owens a lesson in front of the world. Roman goes to swing that chair at the handcuffed Kevin Owens. And Sami Zayn steps in the way. This was not mental torture for Sami Zayn. Roman did not ask Sami Zayn to prove anything. Roman did not ask Sami Zayn to hit Kevin Owens with that chair until Sami Zayn interrupted him. Then, now that you've interrupted me, I'm angry. I'm going to tell you exactly the spot that I've given you as compared to what you did before. And now, oh, you don't think I should hit Kevin Owens with a chair? Well, Kevin Owens is getting hit with a chair. So if I can't do it, you do it then. Oh, I shouldn't question your loyalty? Because I'm pretty sure that you just stepped in front of me doing what I thought was right. And if you're telling me, the tribal chief, that what I'm doing isn't right, then I question your judgment. So now you don't want me to hit him. I wasn't going to ask you to hit him. But you got involved. So now that you're involved, you do it. Roman Reigns turns around. And Sami Zayn hits him in the back with a steel chair. Roman Reigns goes down. And the look on his face, and I've been talking for months about the fact that Roman's ability to convey story with his facial expressions is second to none. He's got the best facial expressions in the business right now. Roman has this look of pain on his face where the physical pain of being hit with the chair and knocked to the ground is secondary to the betrayal 
that he feels from Sami Zayn. And the reason that he feels betrayal from Sami Zayn is even the framing of what just happened is exactly the situation that he found himself in with Seth Rollins. The last time he gave somebody that wasn't his blood the trust that he gave Sami Zayn, it was Seth Rollins in The Shield. And when Roman had his back to Seth, Seth took Roman out with a steel chair. Roman opens that trust once more to a person that's not his blood. It's Sami Zayn. And he hits him exactly the same way that Seth Rollins did. And it all comes flooding back. And in that face, you can see my back hurts from getting hit with a chair. After everything I've done for Sammy, how could he do this to me? How could I put myself in this position again? And I can't believe Sammy just made me do what I'm about to do to him. And that's when Roman turns around. I mean, Sammy has been working for months to try to become a, a, a full-time oos, to try to fully be inducted into the bloodline. If being a full-time part of the bloodline is that big of a deal, getting thrown out of the bloodline should be as big of a deal. And that's why Sammy Zayn caught the beatdown that he did. Again, you send that message. You send that message to everybody saying, you think that this is what you can do to a person who calls himself the head of the table? Oh, no, no. I'm a lion. You can't take steak away from me. And that's when Sammy catches that beatdown. Sammy left Roman with literally no choice after Roman put Sammy in a position that Sammy had put himself into. Roman only did that because Sammy got involved. Sammy made a fool out of Roman Reigns. A fool for allowing Sammy to benefit off of what Roman has built, off of what Roman's family has built. Sammy has benefited from that for months, and now, now, he turns his back on him. Now he does to him the most painful thing that he could do, the same thing Seth Rollins did to him. That's how you treat Roman Reigns? No wonder Roman is mad. And then you go to Jey Uso. And Jey Uso is sitting there. And he's going, I can't believe this. I can't believe, and, and, and everything comes flooding back. Because Jey Uso had gotten to this point where for, for so long, he didn't want Sami Zayn in the bloodline. He didn't trust Sami Zayn. Because for every, every bit of mental torture that Sami Zayn has been a victim of, Jey Uso was a victim of 10 times that torture. Jey Uso was the first member of the bloodline that in order to get in had to be beaten down mentally by Roman Reigns. The whole bloodline started with multiple pay-per-view matches, Roman Reigns versus Jey Uso. And Roman Reigns just, just, just doing things to his psyche that for the character are irreversible. 
November comes along, War Games Survivor Series. A great angle there too. And Jay finally accepts Sammy wholeheartedly and fully, without question. To the point where we get all the way to Raw 30 and the trial of Sami Zayn, he's found guilty. And Jay's the one that saves Sammy. Jay's the one that says, no, you guys don't understand. Give him another chance. Don't Samoan spike this guy out of the bloodline. And Jay witnesses Sammy turning on Roman. And Jay flashes back to all the mental torture that he had to deal with. All the accusations of not being loyal to Roman that he had to deal with. Now, the person that he fought for, the person that he vouched for, turned on Roman Reigns. Now, after all this, Roman was right. Sammy was guilty. And quite frankly, Jay has to realize that he was right before November. He was finally broken. He finally switched. And Sammy proved that to be a, a poor choice for Jay. Unless, unless Jay sees it the other way. We don't know where Jay stands. Unless Jay sees it the other way because he walked out. Maybe, maybe Jay sees it in a way where he knows what Roman is doing to Sammy. He knows the mental torture and abuse that Roman is putting Sammy through. And he's sitting there going, I, I know the breaking point that you were just driven to. And I witnessed it break. And I can't be a part of this anymore. We don't know if Jay left because he's mad at Roman Reigns in the bloodline. He might have left because he was too disgusted to see Sami Zayn anymore. Or he might have left just because this is all too complicated. I can't even be a part of this situation anymore. But that's Jay's perspective. We've got all of this going on with a segment that after two Royal Rumble matches, a lights out match, I mean, a, a pitch black match, a universal, undisputed universal WWE championship match, all of this, an angle that's so strong, that is what we're left with everybody talking about. On a night that Cody Rhodes won the Royal Rumble. So let's talk about what we do next, right? Because Cody Rhodes is in a unique position in the sense that last year at WrestleMania, Roman Reigns won both titles and nobody's been able to take either one of them off of him. Traditionally, after somebody wins the Royal Rumble, they choose which champion they're going to try to defeat at WrestleMania. Rhea Ripley will have to pick between Bianca Belair or Charlotte. Am I going to go for the Raw title or the SmackDown title? For Cody, there is only one men's champion. But the problem is, look at, at the interest. Now, people were, were psyched to see Cody Rhodes win the Royal Rumble. Got a huge reaction, and it's what everybody wanted to see. It's one of those things where really to me, because the Men's Royal Rumble this year got mixed reviews, but I feel as though its flaw was that it was very predictable. But that's not necessarily a flaw because the only reason it was predictable was because it's what everybody 
wanted to see. Cody Rhodes winning the Royal Rumble. But I ask you this. As interested as you are in the Roman Reigns, Sami Zayn story, how on earth, by the end of, by the beginning of April, which is two months, how on earth, in two months, are you going to be just as, if not more, interested in whatever story is told between Roman Reigns and Cody Rhodes? It's not impossible but it's a very tall order. This Roman Reigns, Sami Zayn story has the whole world talking. People are saying, well, you can do, you should do KO and Sami versus the Usos at WrestleMania, which very well may happen. But what I saw at the Royal Rumble was not an angle fit to be blown off in anything but a main event of WrestleMania. I think one way you could handle it is the Elimination Chamber. Now look, you can, there's a couple of things you can do. I personally think today, as I record this today, I could absolutely change my opinion after Monday Night Raw. I could change my opinion after SmackDown. I could change my opinion after the Elimination Chamber. But a week ago, I told you I don't think we're going to see Roman versus Sammy at WrestleMania. And I don't think that it would be the right match to have at WrestleMania. I don't feel that way at all anymore. I have completely changed my opinion on that. That's exactly what I want to see at WrestleMania. You could say, well, you could do Sammy versus Roman at Elimination Chamber and then the tag match at WrestleMania with Roman versus Cody. And I go, yeah. You could, and that's what I had, one of the things that I had talked about a few weeks ago, but going back to it, don't, it, it, are, are, that, what we saw at the Royal Rumble was not just a, yeah, this will take us to the chamber and then we'll just about face and do something else at Mania. I don't think so. One of the other things that popped up was, okay, I mean, it was, okay, what if you do night one, Roman versus Sammy, night two, Roman versus Cody? That's very possible as well. Roman's got two titles. He could have to defend twice. Very possible. However, how does Cody make that work for him? Because the whole world is going to be locked into WrestleMania to see Roman versus Sammy. So how does, number one, how does Cody follow that? And number two, if he doesn't, if Cody has night one and Sammy has night two, how does this Cody story culminate without it being the biggest thing on the show? It's got to be the biggest thing on the show if you're going to culminate the story. You could separate the title, right? You could separate the title. You could you could strip Roman of the WWE Championship. And you could do Roman versus Sammy and Cody versus somebody else. Night, night whatever. Night one is Cody versus someone else. Night two is Roman versus Sammy. Possible. I think the way to go is 
to do Roman versus Cody, but to inject Sammy into it. I don't think you do Sammy versus Roman at the Elimination Chamber. I think at the Elimination Chamber, one way to go is if you're looking at that ring, Roman Reigns, Solo Sokoa, Jimmy Uso, Jay Uso, Kevin Owens, Sami Zayn makes six. That's just enough for an elimination chamber. I think there is a way to do this where Jay Uso teases that he's leaving the bloodline. He joins forces with Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn. And then I think turns on them inevitably because I don't think you break up the Usos. I think still Sami Zayn wins the Elimination Chamber. And with Cody winning the Royal Rumble and Sami Zayn winning the Elimination Chamber, I think that the match that you have main event WrestleMania is Roman Reigns versus Cody Rhodes versus Sami Zayn. And that way you're telling both stories. I personally don't think that this WrestleMania is Cody's WrestleMania anyway. I think that because we lost six months with Cody due to the injury, that WrestleMania would be a great time for Cody to have his first loss. I think that, that Cody winning the WWE Championship at WrestleMania is a one-year story. And it was intended to be a one-year story. He debuts at WrestleMania, or he returns at WrestleMania 38. And after a year, wins the title at WrestleMania 39. But we didn't have a year. We had three months and three months. We lost six in the middle. So since we didn't get that, we did not get the full arc. And I think that because we didn't get the full arc, it's not going to give us the emphasis that we need at WrestleMania. At the same time, the Sammy story has complicated things for Roman because this is the number one thing that WWE fans want to see. You're in a Daniel Bryan situation. I think... Cody needs to lose regardless at WrestleMania, whether it's Roman pinning him, whether it's whatever, if it happens in a triple threat or a singles. I think Cody needs to lose at WrestleMania and rebuild and come back next year at WrestleMania to finally win the WWE Championship or at SummerSlam, whatever you want to do. But I think that you tell the story of Sammy, probably even including Daniel Bryan, the least conventional WrestleMania main eventer that the WWE has ever had. Finally standing up for himself and standing up to the tribal chief. You tell the story of Cody Rhodes wanting to win the title for his family or Rhodes in the main event of WrestleMania. The only problem is that he's going to a WrestleMania to face the most dominant champion the WWE has ever seen. 
And then you tell the story of Roman Reigns. And it's like how this may be the greatest challenge he's ever had because of how deeply, deeply personal it is. And then I'm sure the next question is going to be, well, you know, does, does Sammy win? You know, I think Roman leaves WrestleMania the champion still. And maybe you split the title. You strip him of one of the titles, after, like the, the Raw after WrestleMania, because it's too much. But I think, I think at WrestleMania, you do Roman versus Cody versus Sammy. Roman pins Cody. And it's Cody's first loss in the WWE. And that way at WrestleMania Backlash, you could do Sami Zayn versus Roman Reigns one-on-one -on -one for the first time. Just my thoughts. Um, I thought uh, uh, pretty eventful, as I said, with the Royal Rumble. The only, uh, the only criticism I saw of the men's match was the predictability of it, which I think, as I said, is not necessarily a negative because you wanted to see Cody win. And it was the first match of the show. So if you're going to do an angle as hot as you did, at the end of the world title match. I thought it was a, a, a great first match of the show, Royal Rumble. I thought it was fun. I thought it set up a ton of angles. The edge return, Beth Phoenix showing up, uh, uh, Booker T popping in as the legend. And they didn't overdo it with the legends. They had they had guys shine. And and I thought, you know, the Royal Rumble, what, what it did really strongly was it gave you your Cody moment. Right? So you got your Cody wins the Royal Rumble moment, which is what people were waiting for. But what people didn't realize was that they were going to take the opportunity to make Gunther. That they were going to give him the full match. You had a lot of stories in there. Bobby Lashley eliminating Brock Lesnar is a big deal. Obviously, we're heading towards another uh, Lesnar-Lashley match, which is going to be great. Logan Paul eliminating Seth Rollins. First of all, I loved Logan Paul comes out. He's getting booed. He's getting booed. WWE fans don't want to see him. Then he does that spot with Ricochet. That spot with Ricochet where the two meet in midair. Almost, it looked like exactly at the halfway point in the ring. It was just an incredible, incredible moment. And people go, just like they did during the Roman match, okay, whether I came here liking him or not, I got to respect this dude. Then he eliminates Seth Rollins. All of a sudden, and I can't tell you I would have been interested in it before, but all of a sudden I'm sitting here going, I think I want to see Logan Paul versus Seth Rollins at WrestleMania. You know, people have talked about Logan Paul versus John Cena, Logan Paul versus this. It's like Logan Paul versus Seth Rollins would be a hell of a match. But ultimately, that story, Gunther and Sheamus starting out as one and two. I busted open, Tommy Dreamer and I talked about it. How we'd love to see Seth and Cody as number one and two. But I think they took the opportunity to not make this Royal Rumble the Cody show. Cody was one of the stories. Gunther was a huge, huge story. And I think that, that he benefited through his performance in this match just as much 
if not more than anybody else, including the winner. Uh, I thought when you look at uh, uh, everything that happened in the women's match, Rhea going the distance and winning that thing, I thought the women's match was really strong because you did get to this point where you didn't know who was going to win, right? By the end of that match, it was like, oh, I could see this going in a few different directions. Rhea was still the favorite, obviously. Rhea was my pick. Rhea was a lot of people's picks. But you wouldn't have been shot. Like, Liv Morgan winning isn't out of the realm of possibility. Asuka coming in and doing what Asuka did. Asuka, this is something that people, it's been teased for a while. People have been waiting for this for a long time. Asuka coming out with the old school Kana makeup. The makeup that she wore as Kana in Japan. That sort of evil clown I mean, it brings back that sort of strong style. Nobody is ready. Asuka will knock you unconscious. Asuka, which I think is a good shift for her. And clearly something that people reacted to in a big way. Uh, I thought uh, Chelsea Green coming out and already setting up a character. You know, I mean, uh, Chelsea Green is is such a good performer on every level, Right. She's great in the ring, but also her character work. We saw it, you know, on Impact when when she was the the the, the, the lunatic bride. Like I, she's done so much. She's just very, very good. And her going back, and I don't know if you guys saw it on social media. They were posting videos of of her on her way out of the ring, going, "It wasn't supposed to be this way." And and I love that they're already setting up a character for her. NXT representation with Zoe Stark and. Cora Jade getting a nice response as she came to the ring. And of course, we see the return of the former Dewdrop, but she comes out as Piper Niven. Piper Niven back for the Royal Rumble. I thought uh, uh, that was a, a wonderful moment that a lot of us had been waiting for. You know, you had the women's title match, which uh, Bianca Belair obviously won. Not a surprise there, but a little Uncle Howdy. Uh, you think you're in charge? I guess Alexa Bliss is going to be the next one. And then Bray Wyatt versus LA Knight. I mean, uh, uh, I thought it, I thought it looked cool. It looked like a Joel Schumacher Batman movie. I guess uh, Joel directed it. Um, you know, people either like or di- or really don't like the Bray Wyatt stuff. Uh, you know, I, I thought that it was leading to Bray and Uncle Howdy being on opposing sides, but they, they appeared to be on the same footing for this one. Um, I thought it was definitely better than the WrestleMania where they had worms in the ring. Um, but yeah, you know, it was... If you, Some people like the spooky stuff, some people don't. I like horror movies. I thought Bray looked cool as hell in that new mask. But we'll see. Hopefully this picks up the pace. Hopefully we start moving now, you know? I think that that's essential to this story. That now, okay, we've seen Bray in the ring... He's got this new mask. He looked like a supervillain that could just destroy anything. Let's go somewhere. Like, let's let's take this. And speaking of let's go, of course, the big return of Pat McAfee, which I didn't see him at all backstage, and I was back there for a couple of hours before the show. So I think, and I talked to Graves a lot, and he didn't say anything about Pat McAfee coming out. So I think that uh, that was legitimate, like, a, legitimately a surprise 
for Cole and Graves. They didn't have a chair set up for him. So uh, that was a fun moment. And I was happy to see Pat back, obviously, on commentary. So, yeah, man, it was a good show and a fun time in San Antonio. Um, I was just looking uh, at, at some of the emails that I was getting right after the show. Uh, this one came from uh, Tim. The end of Roman Owens was like a gang initiation. That's what I said. Uh, and Sammy was always willing to do dirt, take a bullet or whatever it took to win a match. But when it comes to down to whether Sammy was willing to ruthlessly, needlessly hurt his own friend just to show Roman he's the only person that matters, Sammy couldn't. So my questions are, is the Sami Zayn storyline about Sammy and Roman or Sammy and Jay? It It's both, right? I mean, it's, it's, Jay is, is, is as connected to this as Roman and Sammy are. Uh, I think, I think Jay, like I said, not only because Jay is the one that Sammy had to win over, but, and even, 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 even bigger than that, because Jay and Sammy are somehow cosmically linked because they both had to go through what they had to go through with Roman Reigns. And then he also wrote, what is Paul Heyman's angle to remove Sammy from the bloodline? He spoke out against Sammy at the trial. He pushed Roman to kick Sammy out at times and openly questioned his loyalty. Either he has ulterior motives or Roman has created such a toxic, abusive environment where people are so afraid of showing weakness that they have to show cruelty. Love the show from Tim. I appreciate the, the, the comment there, Tim. I think... Paul Heyman, the character, is only looking out for himself. Always. Paul Heyman always has ulterior motives. You know, I don't think that Paul Heyman is simply being mentally abusive for the sake of being mentally abusive. I think that Paul Heyman always stays close to to control, right? I think that the idea that that Sammy, because he said we don't want to, we don't want to attack Sammy yet. I think maybe Paul wanted Sammy to clearly dig his own grave, and he wanted to be able to say, "I supported you, and you turned your back on all of us." You know, it was one of those things where we wrote. Yes, my tribal chief. We all believed in Sammy, my tribal chief. We all defended Sammy, my tribal chief. But what it, what had to be done had to be done, my tribal chief. That's where I see uh, uh, Paul Heyman's ulterior motives fitting into this. I'm so excited to see what happens next. Uh, I think it's all so cool. I enjoyed it so much. All of you guys that I met out in San Antonio, a lot of people... Uh, uh, mentioned the podcast to me when you guys saw me in wherever, the airports, the restaurants, all over the place. So I appreciate all of you guys that I saw. That's a big reason why I came home and late at night, I'm recording this podcast to make sure it goes up first thing in the morning because some of you told me in person. Can't wait to hear the podcast tomorrow. Hope I didn't let you down. Hope you enjoyed it. See you real soon. Don't forget to subscribe to the Patreon, patreon.com slash Wrestling, And, uh, have a good one.